Welcome to the Level Up Infection Prevention Podcast with Michelle and India. We are your team with one mission. Creating champions in infection prevention. My name is India Chance, a dental hygienist, a compliance consultant for Learn to Prevent, and an overall infection control nerd. And my name is Michelle Strange, dental hygienist, co-founder of A Tale of Two Hygienist Podcast, lover of dentistry and all things infection prevention. Welcome to season one. We're glad you're here. Welcome to episode eight of our podcast, Your Team Huddle. My name is Michelle. And my name's India. And so we are going to, and we kind of touched on this already. I think that was episode seven, no, six, episode six, where we talked about some hepatitis B vaccinations, but there's also some that the CDC says that maybe you should have. And we're going to talk about that and hit on a, a few other things that maybe don't seem very obvious to infection control and being a coordinator, but things like ergonomics and your personal wellness, all of those things matter because one, we don't want you coming in here sick into the office, like that would not be good. So you want to take care of yourself. You want to have your vaccinations or immunizations and ergonomics is included kind of in that work practice side of things. So those hierarchy of controls, we talk about administrative and work practices. And if you are, you know, bending over and having terrible ergonomics, and then you end up with a workman's comp thing, then that's not so great. And I didn't read on OSAPs. I'll let you get to CDC immunizations, but I thought this was really good in their first publication of their infection control journal through OSAP. They talk about professional burnout and how that affects infection control exactly. because if you aren't taking care of yourself you're not you know you're getting super burned out you're you're not getting your exercise you're not you know doing all the things that you need to be doing that does end up in being burned out and when you're burned out you're less willing to try new things and learn and you kind of develop a complacency and then patient safety can sometimes come into that because you aren't like doing the protocol that you should because you hate coming to work and you hate your job and your body hurts and all these things. And then it's just like this trickle down effect to patient safety. And so there's a lot of uh, things that doesn't feel like it falls in infection prevention, but it really does. Yeah, you are so right, Michelle, because I'm a big advocate for personal wellness and making sure that you are taking care of yourself keeping your stress level low mentally, physically, emotionally, because it does directly affect patient care and the safety of patient care. If you're too tired, you know, if you're coming to work tired, you increase the risk of hazards, you know, fumbling instruments, maybe you're too tired and you don't feel like wiping everything down and disinfecting every single surface. Exactly. You know, maybe you don't you feel like putting well. on barriers, yes. you know, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say I am guilty of that. You know, there's been times oh, where I've I been tired and, you know, it wasn't one of those days where I was just on my game and I could tell, you know, everybody, you know yourself. And so oh, yeah. it definitely directly affects patient safety as well as your own safety, really. And so, yeah, I, I talk about that all the time in my, I have a section in my course where it's totally dedicated to dental healthcare provider personal safety. And so it talks about mm. what we can do to make sure that we are being taken care of. Because a lot of times in dentistry, we put a lot of emphasis on the patients. 
and we forget about ourselves. And so for sure, we all know about the saying, I don't exactly know how it goes, but if you don't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? Or if you have an empty tank, you can't how pour can from you? an empty yeah, cup. Yeah, those kind of things. And yeah. so you have to mm-hmm. make sure that personal wellness is part of the safety conversation for sure. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you one of the things that I'm super guilty of is uh, taking it like drinking enough water because maybe I haven't scheduled like I'm so packed with stuff that I don't even have time to go to the bathroom. So there's no way I'm drinking water like because I know what's going to happen is I'm going to have to get up 47 times. Right. And right now what I thought about the other day when I was adding some new personal protective equipment to my setup and trying to figure out my flow of like how I was going to don and doff with, you know, while following some of the new stuff that we might hear after our, you know, COVID thing, I was like, ain't no way I'm going to the bathroom. Like, this is going to be so much work. <laughs> right. And then I had to sit back and think like, that's not healthy. No. I, you know, like this is not a healthy behavior. I'm going to have to really think about my workflow and like scheduling in time in addition to all the environmental infection control and PPE that I'm going to have to use I have to I have to make sure that I'm eating throughout the day, I'm drinking my enough water and I'm giving myself enough time to relieve myself so I don't get like I don't know, UTI. I like, was just thinking like, the same. Thing. <laughs> just a bad, I didn't want that to habit. be TMI, but I just thought, you know, I could totally it's, I mean, I yeah. I've had a lot of dental hygiene colleagues that have suffered from those because we just mm-hmm. don't get up and relieve ourselves when we should. Yeah. We're trying to make sure mm-hmm. that we stay on time and we're trying to make sure that we service everybody else and we forget about ourselves. And that just goes back to making sure that we are healthy moving forward, that that's something that is on the radar. And that kind of leads us into the CDC recommendations for immunizations for healthcare Could I personnel? just interject sure. there? Because I mm-hmm. feel like I have one thing that would fit oh, well yeah, yeah. in this topic. Sure. And that is your systems and like your workflow. And one thing, which is, I think this is interesting. Well, it makes sense. So I visited crown seating. This is not a plug for crown seating. There's plenty of saddle stools out there. You just got to find what works for you. But they create saddle stools and mobile equipment and stuff. And one of the things that I they highlighted when we went through the manufacturing facility and everything was their workflow and how to decrease the amount of steps and places that you have to go. So if I have to like walk to this side of the warehouse for this particular part and then walk to the other side and then go to the other side over here in the corner and like it's not a it's not efficient right, right? that's like, good and I like that and do I have to bend over to get this product and right. if I'm bending over 14 times a day right. is that eventually going to create a back problem and am I having is this above my head so maybe I could damage my shoulder and you know it sounds like my god could you be more micromanaging <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about what that does to the body over time, mm-hmm. that's an issue. And yeah. so also, let's say like it will trickle down into infection prevention because I think like, okay, if I have to go every time I'm going to have an x-ray to the other room to grab my lead apron or grab a barrier for that particular sensor, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just not in the mood to do it. Like, I don't have time. So you have to think about your workflow and where are your products? Where are they located? If I'm going to have to go get this one particular thing six times in a day, would it be smarter for me to keep it in my room? Exactly. And if I'm going to keep it in my room, take it another step further, can I disinfect it? Is it, right. you know, out there for splatter spray and aerosols? Can I put it in a drawer? So 
really walking into an operatory, into an office with fresh eyes and really assessing what you do. Again, I watched a video of somebody, somebody sent me a video was like, can you look at like, what are the, are we doing the right thing? And I watched this assistant set up for a composite, like an MO. And she probably went to three different rooms, bent over a gazillion times, was putting, it was like, oh, let me go over, oh, let me go over here. I'm going to need this. And it just, I was like, I'm not even concerned from an infection prevention standpoint at this point, but I'm concerned about like, you know, <laughs> operator fatigue, <laughs> operator for t- fatigue. Yes. And like, oh, gosh, like, and is she always going to like, yeah. if, right, if you're like, okay, we got to do an MO real fast. Yeah. And like, is she going to go to that room right. and always get that one barrier? And right, right. So I didn't want to like interject and no, go into no. immunizations you bring and come up back such to that. A good point. But I just thought that that was well, no, you interesting in the ergonomics of it too. Because earlier in my career, I did a lot of, I mean, I've tempted a lot throughout my dental hygiene career. And so you would walk into offices where everything was super organized and it was easy. And then you would walk into offices where like that assistant you just talked about, you're going from room to room. And it just, it, it not only affects you physically, but mentally, it just puts you in a different headspace. And you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, why can't everything just be in this one space or in this one room? Because it does trickle down. And so you really bring up a really good point. And, you know, one time I worked for a DSO and it was a pediatric dental practice, DSO, dental service organization. The one thing that I took away from them, and I've kind of carried it throughout my career because it was early on in my career, is how everything was set up for efficiency. Because Mm, this particular company, they've since been shut down for other reasons, but this particular company was all about efficiency And it makes sense to a point. And so everything you needed, like every single, and some of the hygienists might tear me apart for this, but every single dental hygiene station was set up the same. So no matter where you Mm -hmm. were, okay. And so I know a lot of people are in private practice and they have their own dedicated room and I get that and everything like that. But sometimes it's nice, like if you are if you are a dental hygienist who has a temp come in or you guys have temp dental assistants come in, it's nice for the temp assignment to go well if things are organized. It's very hard for temps to come into your office and work in a space that's not organized for efficiency. And then you want to blame the temp experience. You understand what I mean? And so I for think sure. it's it's important for us to look at that because not just for temps, but also for us permanent team members that are there, our day goes by a little bit more, you know, efficient. Everything is just more efficient. Mm-hmm. Your appointment goes much better. You stay on time, you know, things like that. So, yeah, you bring up that's a really good point that you bring up because it does have an effect. And- It does. It really does. And, you know, our brains want a pattern. They want a systematic approach to things. And so if you have where I'm going from this room to that room and that drawer to that drawer, like it it messes with the pattern. So if I'm like, the first thing I do is open this drawer because it has this, this, and this. And the next thing is this drawer because it has this, this, and this. And like having that system that everyone can follow. And also it helps with accountability And one other thing that I I would be remiss if I didn't bring up was also your mental health and like making sure that you're always taking care of that because as much as stretching 
water, right nutrition, exercise, exactly. all that matters. Like you can't have a functioning body body without mm-hmm. a functioning brain yeah. and good communication skills. And going back to our one of our original you know, episode one when we talked about infection control coordinator, how important it is for them to be kind of the not the sheriff in town telling everybody what to do, but the ability to hold people accountable and have those that open communication. And if your mental health is not good, you're not gonna be open to that communication and the the discussion that the infection control coordinator might bring up and I think as an office learning how to communicate with each other and conflict resolution and all those things are super important because it's going to affect patient safety at the end of the day and employees safety and so we just we all just have to be mindful of that kind of stuff and again it seems like why are we talking about this in infection control prevention and podcast but it really it trickles down yeah it's all related I mean we're human beings at the beginning and end of the day and we have to make sure that we take care of ourselves and we also have to be able to be in the right headspace when we leave the practice for the night you know what I mean and you're going home and you have to do so I know that a lot of people deal with a lot of things that, you know, just life in general, and of course, this whole pandemic and all of that, but making sure that mentally, we are healthy, really makes a huge impact in our days. And there's a great group, and I can't remember the name of it. I think it's called the dental, is it the mental health network or something like that? But I think it was started Mm -hmm. by like four hygienists. But you can check them out on Facebook. I think it's called the Mental Health Network. But really great. It's a great safe space. It's a place for you to kind of share whatever is going on. And again, all of that relates to dental safety. It really, really does. It really does. And yeah. And, you know, again, mental health. And then we talk about full body health and how that's super important. But with that is some of these CDC recommended immunizations for Mm -hmm. the healthcare worker. And we did talk about hep B in a few episodes ago where, you know, that is an OSHA thing, mostly because it's required from the or the um, employer to pay Mm -hmm. for that or the tighter or whatever. And if the one thing that we didn't mention in that one is that if you decline it now and like go oh nope I I think I do need it they are still required to pay for that even if you declined it originally right so the okay so an employer does not have to pay for the initial titer that you need in order to find out if the vaccine is still available I'm sorry not available but effective and so the initial titer would be your responsibility But if you do want to receive the vaccination, then the employer would cover that. And then if you need to have a titer to verify that the vaccine is effective for you, because apparently there's a percentage of people where the vaccine doesn't work. And I actually have a client. Non-responders or something like that. Non-responders. And I have a client who has an employee where she's had it, I don't know, in the last like 10 years, she's had it like three or four times. And she recently found out that she's a, like you said, a non-responder. So, so that particular titer, then the employer would cover, but yes, hepatitis B is the only one that the employers are supposed to cover. The next recommendation from CDC, that immunization is a flu immunization. 
And then, mm-hmm. of course, the they recommend the measles, mumps, and the rubella, right? And then your mm-hmm. your tetanus. So that's recommended. Mm-hmm. And then your varicella, which would be your chickenpox vaccine chicken pox. now for which is kind of a newer thing because like I didn't have that growing I, up. I got good old chickenpox. The chickenpox, right? Yeah, me and my brother had the chickenpox. So yeah, so for those newbies, those young kids, you were old whippersnappers, right? Or young whippersnappers? Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, you I don't got. Know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what the terms are now. My my teenager just looks at me and rolls his eyes when I'm trying to be cool, but whatever. Anyway, yeah. So for the younger clinicians, you guys have probably had it. And I guess I could go get it if I wanted to get it, but I've already had the chicken pox, so I think I'm good. Right. But, so, it's uh, not but yeah, so that issue. was added to the list of recommended immunizations from the CDC. And who knows? With the pandemic, we might be seeing a mandated COVID, you know, coronavirus vaccine. So yeah, once it comes out, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I haven't. Well, you know, I've read articles and different things like that, and. Some people are saying six months. Some people are saying a year. Some people are saying if they some do get it. Years. Yeah, yeah. Some people are saying if they do have it soon, then they're going to phase it out of who can receive it. For instance, like the phase one would be healthcare workers would get it first. So who knows? That's kind of all up in the yep. air. Yeah. Depending on when you're listening to this, this might all be very <laughs> yeah, different. Exactly. <laughs> who knows what's going to come out, but... Hey there, infection preventionists. We are excited to create a digital platform that will elevate the role of the infection control coordinator. Our mission is to create infection prevention champions by elevating that infection control coordinator role. We recognize that providing resources to this role allows individuals to become leaders and contributing members to the dental practice, making safer dental visits. So head over to levelupip.com to sign up for our email list so you can be the first to know when we launch our new program. Don't miss out on the opportunity to level up your infection prevention practices. Um, so one of the questions that I had in a course, well, that I somebody put up in the course is like, out of the bloodborne pathogens, which one is the more dangerous concern? Like Hep C, Hep B, HIV. What's what's your biggest concern? So their biggest concern is the hepatitis B because it's highly infectious. Number one, and it can stay and last outside of the body for at least seven days. And so that is why they have recommended, you know, with all of their data and everything, that is why it can spread through skin punctures from needle sticks, you know, direct contact with mucous membranes. So like if you had like eczema or wounds or cuts or anything like that. So and then the my, our Bible here, our OSAP Bible mm-hmm. also says that even when there is no visible blood on the area, the wound or whatever, you can actually contract hepatitis B. So the other thing that it's important to know, though, you cannot get hepatitis B from like through food and water and sharing utensils and sneezing and coughing. So but because we deal with sharp objects and sometimes we do have wounds or cuts or something like that on our hands, you know, 
we can get injured from different instruments and things like that. And because hepatitis B is so highly contagious, that is why that is one of the mandated vaccines for right. dental pro- so uh, healthcare professionals. One of the things that she brought up in this course was that actually hepatitis C in her eyes is the bigger concern. Really? Because hmm. there's no vaccine. Oh, well, right. And there's yeah, no post-exposure plan, yeah. right? Yeah. But from, I totally get your point because that was where I was in my head. Like, well, gosh, hepatitis B is like super infectious and, you know, it lives for so long. But she was like, we can get our immunization and HIV. We have that post-exposure control plan. And though hepatitis C, you're hearing a lot of people are, they're they're on these medications and they are recovering from it. But the reality is that's not as good as the HIV post-exposure. She's right. Yeah. that's kind of, and I, that was my eye opening for me. Yeah. So I thought I'd and share that And now that you bring you. that up, I have heard that sometimes people don't know that they have hepatitis C. Exactly. So yeah, so that makes contagious sense. And, mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense that that would be maybe a little bit more of a concern than hepatitis B because of that. Yeah. A lot of people don't yeah, even know exactly. that they have it. You're right. But, and then, yeah, which I, again, I hadn't thought about that, but I thought she brought up a, some really good points because there's no vaccine and no prevention meds like mm-hmm. HIV. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would just like to come back to the fact that we should not be coming to work sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah. And that's a part of your wellness and also a part of, you know, infection prevention. Mm-hmm. And I really do hope that we see a lot more discussion around that because before, like, we all felt super guilty. You got to, like, cancel patients or you got to find a temp or whatever. So I'm coming to work. But you're creating an environment that can get the patient sick and your team members sick and not letting patients come in sick is also a part of infection prevention because in those hierarchy presented by CDC and NIOSH, they talk about elimination, substitution, your engineering controls, work practice controls, and then PPE. And elimination is not letting people come in sick. If you are contagious, you've been around people that are contagious, you have a fever, you're coughing, stay home. Like that's, that is the biggest part of exposure control. Right, exactly. That's like at the top of the upside down pyramid (laughs) with hierarchy Mm -hmm. of controls, elimination of the hazards. So you do need to stay home. Many offices pre-pandemic did not have an employee sick protocol. And so now is a great time to really figure out, if you're a practice owner, figure out what is going to be the protocol and make that Mm -hmm. universal. And I mean, not just verbally say it, but you need to write it out and you need to have comprehensive discussion about it because everybody's pain tolerance is different. Everybody's dealing with different medical conditions. Maybe they have family members that are compromised and, you know, health wise. And so let's say I'm healthy, but I go to work and Michelle, you're sick and then you're coughing and whatever's going on. And then I potentially bring that home to my family member who's got a suppressed immune system. And that's what's going on with this pandemic. That's why a lot of healthy people didn't go to work because they have family members who have suppressed immune systems. So We really have to be clear on what that protocol is going to be 
and make sure that we are not infecting other people. There is one office and I love him. I was, he was a periodontist. I'm like, I wish you could teach a course on this. But one time the I was there and one of the reps came in and he was sick and he hit the door and the doctor happened to be at the front desk. I guess he was delivering a patient to the reception area and he was finished. And he looks over and sees the rep. It walks in and like coughed or was and you could clearly see that the sales rep was ill and he was very I mean, he was pissed and he just basically said, turn around and leave immediately. And he's like, don't ever come back to my practice if you are sick ever. He said, I don't care if you've got a sneeze, a cough or whatever. Do not return here if you are sick. He said this, you know, he said you need to be more responsible because, you know, and he was protecting his self and his team. Oh, and his patients. And I loved that. And I was like, oh, my God, can you teach a course on this? Because in the past, everybody has gone. And I understand. I mean, I know that there are situations where you don't have any more paid sick leave or personal time. I know. Yeah. You know, it's a hard place sometimes sometimes to be and or you're saving your days Mm -hmm. because you have children. And if they're sick, you need to be able to take those days off. You know, so I get it. I mean, I grew, you know, I grew up single mom and. She never took a day off and she saved all of her days in case we were sick. You know what I mean? And so I get that and I know where you're coming from on that. It's just we have to be more responsible. We're healthcare providers and we have to be. Because I think that I was a single mom too and my mom would bring me to work (laughs) when I was sick because and I'd lay under her desk. And I was like, oh, my God. Luckily, she worked for a pediatrician, so everybody was dang sick up right. in there. But <laughs> right, if, I, right. if, I, if it was a normal office, like, right. gosh, now you got the sick kid there. Right. And I personally had the experience of getting the flu from our IT guy. Oh, man. At the office yeah. that came in and installed updates on all of our stuff. He was feeling like crap, but didn't realize he had the flu until like a day later. Well, lo and behold, who got the flu? Because his dirty little hands on my keyboard and I got it. Yeah. And then I was out of work, like death dying. Yeah. I was like, just take me now. The sheets yeah. hurt my skin yeah, yeah. <laughs> laying in this bed right now. And I hate every human. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're right. Like, that's a good point that you, the periodontist made and was like, don't come up in here if yeah. you're sick because, you know, I have team members here and you can yeah. take out an entire office yeah. so easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a friend. She's not in the dental industry, but. She's in a different industry, but her boss sometimes will bring the children to work, his children to work when they're sick. And she's gotten sick several times from that. And so we just have to think of better solutions for that. (laughs) So because we just have to think of better solutions. I know I don't I know everybody's situation is different, but we have to definitely think of you create an isolation room. Yeah, that that person stays in a tent. (laughs) <laughs> and you put an air purifier yeah, in there. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like, yeah. but not up in me. Yeah. Because even right now, I have contractors that need to be finishing stuff on my house. And they're like, we're free. Can we come? I was like, not up in my house. Yeah. No, yeah. unless you're coming in in a bubble. No. Right. Right. Thank you. So that leads to the point of us making sure that we are taking care of our immune system. You know, if that means you need to stock up on vitamins, if that means you need to lower your stress, get more rest. That's a really huge thing that can cause your immune system to be compromised, making sure you're getting enough sleep, you know, ergonomics, you know, we've mentioned that earlier in this episode, but definitely 
doing some type of stretching routine, exercise routine, something so that your body isn't completely stressed out. Because the thing is how I know for me, how I get sick sometimes is one, if I don't have enough sleep. And then two, if I don't do activities that expel the stress, like exercise or yoga or whatever, you know, taking a walk, then that stress will build up and it breaks down your immune system. And before you know it, you're catching the cold from, you know, anything. So there's a lot of things that go into personal wellness that we just have to make sure that Mm -hmm. we're paying attention to and just be responsible. We have to be responsible with ourselves, but also with other people. So we're not spreading infection. For sure. And unless you have anything else to add on that front, I would love to end with some ergonomic discussion because one of the things that I think we're going to see is like we're incorporating engineering controls, for instance, your high volume evacuation, and that can be a real pull on your wrist. So you got to think about like keeping your body healthy and safe when you're incorporating your infection prevention and exposure prevention devices or protocols. Uh, You just really want to think about the ergonomics and the longevity of your body because we're not trying to make you incorporate these devices or whatever it is and hurt yourself in the long run. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's a couple of products on the market. Of course, Michelle, I think you use Cordy's a lot. You use that. Mm -hmm. I know for me, when I do treat patients, I stand when I treat patients because I have lower back issues and sciatica issues. And so I know other dental professionals that stand, they alternate. So they'll stand for one patient and sit for another patient. So that kind of relieves pressure, you know, in different parts of your body, you know, utilizing certain equipment, like you said, loops, investing in some loops would really help if you have not definitely take that plunge because it does wonders for your back. I mean, I cannot even in your neck, I can't even. And that light part of it too. Yes. Because that prevents that up up, yes. Reaching up for the light overhead. Mm-hmm. Also, that's a less surface that you exactly. have to clean yeah. and barrier wrap and yeah. all those things. Yeah. So it, it all comes together. It's yeah. intertwined. For sure. And then there's stretching. I know Katrina Klein, ErgoFit Life, she has a lot of like videos and stuff like that. There's stuff on YouTube. Like you can even do look up like desk yoga, stuff like that. Things that you can do within the operatory, if you're waiting for an exam, if you're waiting for a patient to arrive, you know, you could do some wrist stretches and some neck stretches and, but just being mindful of the ergonomics and utilizing all of the engineering controls as well as your workplace controls really. Cause like you said, Michelle, it's a holistic approach. We can't just do one thing and not the other. If we want to prevent any type of injury or hazard, you have to do everything. In order to do that. And again, going back to standard operating procedures, if this is a concern for the office, you're constantly having somebody come in sick or, right. you know, you're noticing that maybe they they incorporated that new thing of infection control, but now they're doing something weird and or they are sitting wrong or like there's so much of it. And it's all about having a standard operating procedures, holding each other accountable, having a good workflow so we can like all do it as a team because what you see is not something I see and what I see might not be something you see. And it's just a really important to have that conversation as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a team effort for sure. 
For sure. For sure. So mm-hmm. as always, don't let this be the only education you get on this. This is just your little starter kit here. And we hope you did enjoy this episode, uh, season one. And we'll see you back for episode nine, yes, right? Yes, episode nine. We're excited. All right. Bye, guys. All right, thanks. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can find India at learn2prevent.com. You can find Michelle at a tale of two hygienist with an S at the end.com. And stay tuned for our website, levelupip.com, where we will be elevating the role of the infection control coordinator. Thanks for listening to the Level Up Infection Prevention Podcast.